Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Good evening. You're listening to Straight Talk with Dean and Mark. We thank you for tuning in and hope you enjoy another episode of our show. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with Dean and Mark. It's been a while. We haven't seen y'all since uh, Juneteenth, but today is the 8th day of August 2022. We're starting at 8 o'clock, so 8, 8, at 8. It's the six-man Dean Geronimo, and I'm in the studio from NJ to NC with my right-hand man, Mark Lee. So, Mark... Tell me what's good in your neck of the woods, my brother. Well, a lot of things are good in my neck of the woods. As you just mentioned, it's been a while since we've been here on Straight Talk. I've got a couple of regular scheduled uh, appointments, and we've even got some people that might be providing us guests, including talking about animal rights and what goes on with some of those animals, because I did get that email from you, so I did reach out to them, and hopefully they will. Okay about buddy and what's going on with buddy and i do know sometimes people are like hey that seems like the life of rally being a, a tv animal pet and everything and but you know sometimes i guess those animals are not quite feeling as loved as they probably are portrayed as because and i'm thinking they get you know the best of the food they get the best of whatever but maybe lassie and maybe ren tin tin did not have the greatest life of all and all along those lines and we do know there have been some other characters as well that were definitely great animal characters and all along those lines. So, hey, maybe they were not being treated as respectively as we were thinking they were. I know that there have been complaints about circus animals and other animals. And actually, we just recently had a notion. And I know that I told you before, I'm one of those people that's rare. I like both cats and dogs and will definitely come and Mm -hmm. talk to them if they're in my neighborhood. Maybe the cat's sitting in the window or maybe the dog is being walked. And I'm just kind of that kind of pet person. I even like the wild animals, like the rabbits and uh, things along those lines. But here in Durham, they actually just gave the uh, cats a reprieve. So they said that, you know, and I was surprised at how many feral or wild cats there are, but they said all those wild cats have been given a reprieve. They cannot be taken to the gas chambers and cannot be killed. So they definitely passed that law recently, like about a week or two ago. And they said, hey, all them wild cats, you're just going to have to put up with them, but we are not going to be uh, exterminating them and all along those lines. So I think they're trying to catch them, maybe try to uh, neuter them and try to find other ways or spay them, find other ways to make sure that they don't spread the wildcat population. But they did say that, hey, doesn't matter. We are not going to grab them and eliminate them. And I was saying, as a joke on one of my shows, I'm sure there was many a wildcat. I heard like some wild meows and stuff coming from some of my neighborhoods, and I was wondering what was going on. They were probably cheering, because sometimes I do think that the animals know more about what we're doing than we give them credit for. So that was probably (laughs) them cheering, because they probably stumbled across, you know, somebody probably wrapped up a uh, some fish or some other dish to give to the wildcat and they probably saw the newspaper article and they were like hey the humans don't know this but we're actually reading this article and we understand what this means we're free we actually get to live a free life and all along those lines so like i said i'm not putting anything past the cats the dogs the birds or anything else because i sometimes think that they are smarter than we give them credit for and all along those lines and on another note just really quick i was just having fun with that one and everything because you know i love having fun with you as well as our audience that means that they have not seen us 
Am I correct in saying this since both of our birthdays? And I told you before the Eno yeah, Festival, yeah. which is just a big birthday party for me. Don't tell the people that play at the Eno that. But as far as I'm concerned, it's one big birthday party. And my friend Zach, the funk musician, who I do his uh, funk music show on Saturdays, he actually played that gig. I saw some other amazing musicians, including a punk band and all, well, mostly female, because I think they had one male member punk band that was just truly amazing, kind of reminded me of the time that I ran across a slam dance or event when I was at Marquette and I was going like, why are these people running into each other? I didn't quite get it there. Not sure that I get it now and everything because I was going like, wait a minute. So your idea of a dance move is you sit there and you slam into each other. That sounds like a recipe for hurting each other, not a recipe for good dancing. But hey, what do I know? Apparently it was a craze. And apparently it was a thing back in the day. So like I said, they had one big party for uh, two days. It was on the fourth and it was actually on one of the other days as well. So like I said, as far as I'm concerned, it's just one big birthday party for me. They just don't know that. But it's one big birthday <laughs> party for me. And I'm sure that you celebrated your birthday in style as well. And then the other news has been going on. Yeah. I'm sure in New Jersey, definitely going on here in North Carolina, is the news of it being hot. It is very hot. It's like, you know, oh, yeah. high 80s, sometimes feeling like 90s. I think even today we might have got into the mid 90s. And definitely when it's in those temperatures, then they say feels like 100. Once you get past a certain temperature, as far as I'm concerned, it's just hot. So like I said, that's all you can say is hot, <laughs> hot, and hotter. Because that seems to be the message of the day is that it's just much too warm around these here parts. But hey, you know, there's some people out there that don't believe in climate change. I don't know what they, they've been smoking or what they're on and everything, but they don't think that climate change exists. And I'm going like, was it always 100 degrees in August and feeling like about 110, 120? I don't think so. But what do I know? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> they don't have to believe in climate change. The skin will start bubbling after a while and then the truth will come out. <laughs> yeah. The truth speaking of the truth out. coming out, one, I want to know what you did for your birthday. But speaking of the truth coming out, and that's the thing that I said I was going to bring up and everything in the news. But, you know, there's this person that might be running for president again. Leslie, we didn't have enough time oh, with him man. running twice and everything. But apparently, earlier today, today being Monday the 8th, the FBI executed a search warrant at mm -hmm. Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago Resort in Palm Beach, Florida, and the former president even confirmed that to CNN. He decided he declined to say why the FBI agents were at Mar-a-Lago, but the former president said the raid was unannounced and they even broke into my safe. How dare they break into his safe? He said, my beautiful home, Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, is currently under siege, raided, and occupied by a large group of FBI agents. Apparently, he was not in Florida at the time, and the raid began early Monday morning, and law enforcement personnel appeared to be focused on the area of the club where Trump's offices and personal quarters are, according to a person familiar with the matter. The Justice Department declined to comment, as did the White House. A White House official said he was not notified about the raid. So what do you think? Are they, are they going to get some good evidence over there at Mar-a-Lago? And what exactly are they looking for? Are they looking for, like, the hidden girlfriends? Are they looking for, like, the hidden money? Are they looking for the Russian money? What exactly are nah, they looking for? You know what I think they're looking for? They're looking for some of the stuff that probably should have never <laughs> been taken out of the White House in the first place. And he's not that uh, mentally astute, I should say, 
as to realize that that stuff should have stayed there at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, but he took it with him. And they're probably like, look, we're coming to get that back. Because other than that, they they voted at a poll recently, and he won by landslide that he would be like the Republican nomination for president coming up in, what, 2024, right? Something like that. And so I don't think they're looking for anything that he actually did on purpose. They're looking for stuff that he did by accident. And some of that stuff includes some things that were supposed to stay in one place. He moved them, took it with him, and they're like, nah, we got to come get that back. So, sir, we got to come down there and raid that spot because that's your stash house. That's where you hide everything. You know, you're not going to hide it in New York. So let's go down here and find out what you have down here. And um, he was, like I said, he was dumb enough to say, yeah, they raided my house. Like, instead of saying, like, I'm not sure what's going on. I need to get down there, check what's going on. He's like, oh, yeah, they raided my house. Too honest and too dumb. Too dumb. And speaking of too dumb, and I've got to give your thoughts about this because I've said it. Apparently, they were offering a great dental insurance, but it was definitely something that I was going like, you know, one, they're too uh, old, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, the age. But apparently, there is a candy company in Canada that was going to pay $100,000 a year to some lucky young kid to be its official taste tester. So the world's first chief Candy officer is the kind of what they are called Candy Funhouse. The job duties for the first chief candy officer, including taste testing more than 3,500 products a month. That is a whole lot of candy. Given the CCEO, chief candy officer stamp of approval, leading the Funhouse candy strategy and running candy board meetings, among other responsibilities. And you only have to be five years old or older and living in North America to apply. So I guess technically my nephews could apply. You know, I don't think that they want that job. And they're now, this one's going to be 13 and 14, but I'm thinking that they might not want that job. But it says, do you love all things candy and chocolate? Are you passionate about confectionery treats and exploring unreleased and existing products? If so, this is the perfect position for you. The job listing says, the candidates will be put through extensive pilot training and much more. No previous experience is needed. And the company says, but it helps to have an interest in candy, pop culture, and media. The job is work from home, but the chief candy officer will have to be based out of, are you ready for this? You're going to love this. You got to be based out of either Toronto, Canada, or I think you need to go get in touch with all your friends because your other option is you have to be based in Newark, New Jersey. So you have to be based You know what? or New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) All right, for those of us in Jersey, that's not bad, but you know what? Toronto is real nice and clean. So I think I would want to go up there just to (laughs) experience what's around there. Here's the problem. Not really a problem. Are we eating whole pieces of candy or small bites? Because if they're small bites, that's actually an ideal job. Because you get to wash it out, I guess, use the water or whatever you're using to clean your palate and then try this. The only thing is the back teeth. Going to get those cavities back there, man. All that sugar. You have to brush your teeth like five, six times a day, man. 
Well, that's the other thing they said. They said other requirements for the gig include a creative mind, being a natural born leader, an obvious sweet tooth, being fluent in English. I don't know what that has to do with candy, because like I said, I think that they make candy in other parts of the world that are not fluent in English. And among others, knowing how to have fun. And the deadline to apply is the end of this month, August 31st. And they did make it very clear the position does come with an extensive, notice I did say extensive, dental plan. So there is that extensive dental plan that comes with the job. So they're expecting your teeth to fall out. That's what it is. Okay. So, I mean, somebody with a jacked up mouth, this might be a good time to get, you can get some new teeth, man. You know? (laughs) Get some new teeth and be prepared and everything. You know, there's something else going on in the world that I know a lot of people are very excited about it. If I had the money, I would have loved to have been there or go there and everything because I've heard great things about this particular part of the world. I hear that, you know, the roads are practically paved with gold. I mean, not literally, but they do say that they are paved with a lot of great things. But apparently this is your last chance to see um, Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. And for those that are not familiar with the game of soccer, or some people call it football, um, that is definitely what is going on. And that is what is taking place at what is one of the most eagerly anticipated World Cups in memory, as much for the off the field reasons as those on it, as it is just around the corner in Qatar. So that is where the match will be taking place, is Qatar and all of that. It'll be the first World Cup in the Middle East, and this tournament doesn't start till November 21st. And the finals is set for December 18th. So 32 teams, 64 matches, 28 days, maybe by November, you know, that's around Thanksgiving. Maybe by then I would have won the lottery like that one person did that apparently won it in Illinois and all along those lines. And then I can go to Qatar, see all of these amazing individuals. They're saying that there are some top teams. Like I'm always a big fan of Brazil because they ever since Pelé, I've always thought Brazil is just an amazing team and they have do have folks like Neymar and everybody but also Belgium is dangerous Argentina is dangerous France is dangerous and even England is dangerous as well maybe not so much the U.S. but hey you never can tell we might surprise somebody or maybe Senegal will surprise somebody as well because it looks like the U.S.'s first match is going to be Iran versus the U.S. Now, that ought to be an interesting match just because of the geopolitical natures of that game and all along those lines. So that ought to be a very interesting match and all in that space. But what do you think? If you had the money, would you go to Qatar? Because like I said, I've heard musician friends of mine that have told me that Qatar and some of these countries are just amazing and that they are just like, you know, off the chain in the way that they treat folks and all along those lines. So I've yet to do that much world travel, but if you could go to a World Cup in Qatar this year, would you take the trip? I would. Just so I can put my feet on the sand of another land and and experience how they live, even if I'm not there but for a day or two. And to see how they live, to experience some of the culture there, maybe a week. Because in a week's time, you can see a whole lot of stuff. And just see how, you know, far-fetched some of these narratives were. And I say that because for years, we thought, some of us, thought that Africa was like forests, mud huts, and naked Mm -hmm. people. (laughs) And then when I got to college, I had a professor who was from Nigeria. And so... We got to talking about other countries and he was telling us, you know, 
make sure you travel and do different things before you get too old to do it. And somebody asked him about Nigeria. And he said, well, what did you hear? And we told him all the stuff that we heard. And he just listened. And he wasn't, you know, some people would say, oh, y'all are stupid. Y'all believe everything you hear. He didn't do that. You know, he kind of listened. And he said, okay, well, next class, I'm going to bring a scrapbook. And the scrapbook has pictures of my house in Nigeria and my family that's, a, that's still there. And we were looking at those pictures, man, and, like, the house was, like, huge. And we were like, dang, man, you must be kind of rich. He was like, oh, no, the money is structured differently. You could take, back then, this was in the early 90s, so you could take ten to $15,000, and you can live like a superstar over there. And I was like, really? <laughs> like, <laughs> that might be a retirement spot, you know what I mean? But to, yeah, then, to, see, to see other pictures of, you know, other countries where when they show it on our televisions, it looks desolate. It looks run down. It looks like it's a third world country. <laughs> but then they don't show you the city parts. And when you see it, it's like, well, it might be third world country where they film that little picture, but the whole country is not desolate. In fact, you have the rich people that live on one side, like in the Dominican Republic. Rich people live, and I believe it's Santo Domingo. They live there. And then you have people who live by the sugarcane fields, you know, and then you have people who live in their little hood, whatever they call it. And it's a place like home everywhere. And it's built up. And it's nice. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, well, y'all just, Tell the truth. Don't, you know, you have, because if no one ever travels, for those who never travel, they don't know what to believe. They don't know to believe what they saw on TV and in images or what they may have seen in somebody's picture. You know, so you're doing people a disservice when you say, all right, well, you know, it might be like that, but it might not. But you got to go over there and experience to find out. No, damn it. You've been there. Tell me what it looks like. You got to be careful, though, when you're going in other countries. And that leads me to the current situation that's taking place with Brittany Griner. Yep. You knew because you had gone over there years before playing basketball. I'm quite sure you knew what the rules were. So you take this and, you know, a lot of people argue over here. Well, marijuana is legal. Well, kind of, sort of, but not really. On a state level, in some states, yes, it is. You are absolutely correct. But on the federal level, it is still an illegal narcotic. That's just here in the United States. We don't know what the hell they are proving over there in uh, in, in Russia. And, and I got to find that one story. They said it was a prior service member who got caught with marijuana over there. They gave him like 30-something years. Yeah. Russia's not playing. They're like, yo, you break the law in our country. And, you know, people were fussing about it. Oh, it's excessive. And this is, no, it's kind of not because that's Russia and they do what they want on their land. The same way when our um, 
jails and prisons get filled up with individuals who have crossed the border, who are trying to come here for a better life. And then you separate the families and you send the kids and put them in asylums and you lock the parents up in jails and prisons and ship them all over the country. So now they get lost. It's the same way as back in the days when the plantation uh, owners didn't necessarily care for Mark or John because we're outspoken. So they come and sell us off to somebody else and then our family wakes up and we're gone. We don't know where we are, so we never see them again. You know, and nobody says a word when that's happening to us. And and I call it that selective outrage. It's like you you want her to be free because she's black. No, get off of that. She did did wrong. I mean, she did wrong, but I do have two questions. And like I said, I don't have the right answer or the wrong answer. But my question is, um, at least here in the States, a lot of what people are very much excited about is this whole notion of cannabis oil. And like I said, I probably can go to just about any uh, local of these kind of uh, specialty stores and grab some cannabis oil from different places. And apparently mm-hmm. that's what you got busted for. And I'm going like, now that does sound a little bit excessive because it doesn't sound like it was actually the actual plant or whatever that might have been this typical thing. It sounded like it was a cannabis oil, which can be used for a health reason as well. Even our doctors have said that. In the United States. Well, that's true. In the United States. You know what I'm saying? Because they said that the one guy that got the 35 years had a medical marijuana card and a little bit of marijuana. So in the United States, they would have looked at it and said, you know what? Go ahead. But you're on somebody else's land. I forgot what country it is. Drop a piece of paper out there and litter, man. And you look around and there's no other trash on the ground. And if you stay there long enough, they're going to hem you up. And you well, got to go do with their laws, you know? I've been hemming up people for a while. This is not the first time. Like I said, I did go to Marquette, and I've mentioned that a couple of times on this show and other shows. And, you know, the Midnight Express, I believe, was the movie. He actually got busted for real marijuana, and he actually spent a number of years while he was out there on his summer break. I'm going to say that was before I was in school, so I think that took place in, like, either the 70s or sometime around that time frame. But that is what that whole movie is based on, because, like I said, he thought he was going to be there for, you know, summer break or spring break or whatever break he was on and it wound up being like for Miss Griner an extended break and all of that and I'm not you know then they're saying that she may wind up well there's speculation there are some people that are saying that Moscow will keep her in Moscow in order to help negotiate the release of the arms dealer that they want from us and everything so they're saying that they might keep her there in Moscow in that situation but there are other people that are saying that they might actually put her in a uh, forced labor camp and I've never been to a forced labor camp but I have definitely seen the results of forced labor camps because even here in North Carolina there is some forced labor that goes on with the construction of the roads and other things that takes place even in the 21st century. I think I've seen those vans even on the highways, and I know that they're taking the prisoners someplace, and they'll stand them over guard while they're out there in the hot sun fixing whatever they got to fix on the roads and all along those lines. So I do know that that, as far as I know, I don't think that they changed those laws. I think it still exists in the Carolinas and other parts of the South. It probably even exists up there in the Northeast, but you would have to tell me better than well, it, in prisons, they usually call them highway details, man, and they can make up to two dollars a day, depending on where they are. You know, 
some places may be more. The most I've seen is like two dollars a day highway detail. But you imagine they get out there at like six, six thirty in the morning, and they don't come back in until like three. So you worked almost mm, eight, nine hours, and you get paid two to two bucks for is the that two bucks for the entire day. Yes, for the whole day, not per hour, for the entire day. Wow. Two stinking dollars. Wait a minute. Is it that, and I think that they, now what did they do? Do they have like some rules about weather conditions or do they do not care? Do they going to take them out in like weather like this when it's 100 degrees and they still have to work on these particular days? Or do they take into consideration the fact that it might be 105 degrees? Well, you got to be able to take that into account because you don't know who takes medication and you don't know who uh, may have an aversion to the sunlight. You know, some people don't tolerate sunlight well. So on days like that, they either decide, you know, it went out at all or they'll go out like a half day. So we can do work between six and 11. We'll be back on the way back after 11 when it starts to get hot when that sun sits high in the sky and bakes everything up under it you know but they wouldn't be able to just take them out regardless of weather and stuff like that because then that would equate to cruel, cruel and unusual punishment yeah we don't want to do cruel and unusual punishment and speaking of cruel and unusual punishment there was an incident that took place last week and everything that is kind of one kind of bring as it oftentimes does the whole notion of whether guns should be allowed in people's hands and everything but it's also going to shatter the stereotypes because a lot of times when we hear about these mass shootings it is oftentimes people of other cultures that are involved i do know about that incident in dc where it was a brother making shots and everything but generally the typical stereotype is it is people of other cultures. But apparently that wasn't the case at the Mall of America shooting that took place last week, because apparently they're saying that, you know, the shooter, at least as of uh, today, I believe, was still at large. But the people that were helping him out were definitely some brothers that were helping him out and all along those lines. So I'm just wondering, is this going to fuel the debate, the fact that we had this mass shooting at a very popular mall and will some people be like, hey, wait a minute, but that means that, you know, it ain't just the white folks that are being crazy white folks. They're crazy brothers and crazy uh, Indian Americans and crazy uh, Asians and crazy other folks that are out there as well. So is this going to change the narrative in your mind and what have you heard about this particular Mall of America case? Hmm. Let's see active shooters stuff like that mm, i don't even know what to think man like some days are good days some days are bad days you don't know who's out there you don't know who's crazy somebody's always and recently it's been more um incidents like that um i know here in well if you count like philadelphia is not far from me Every day somebody gets shot. Every single day. You say gun control, but who are you controlling it for? The criminals really don't um, give a damn about your laws. You tell me it's illegal to have this. Well, that's no problem. I got grenades and rocket launchers too. I'm not really worried about that. But you have all of these different 
mass shootings and stuff, when you talk about those, those folks actually went and bought or had somebody to purchase a weapon for them. Mm-hmm. And then they decided, hey, I'm going to go here and shoot up uh, like Uvalde. And the police were out there. One officer was a sniper waiting for order to take the shot. And he never got it. So he never took the shot. The police were sitting there running from the shooter instead of trying to take him out. And it's only after he killed, what, 19 babies? And then they finally, uh, you know, it's like it's too late. It's mm-hmm. too late. And it's too late when you look and you see, you know, gun control. Yeah, you took the guns away from all the law-abiding citizens. So there may have been somebody out there that could have actually stopped this crap. But guess what? They're still waiting for their background check to clear so they don't have a weapon. Mm. This guy does. And he has. He may be a criminal. He may just have a criminal mindset. But at the same time, people are getting hurt that don't deserve to be hurt. So how do you handle that? Yeah, good question. I don't know how you handle that. You mentioned feeling. I was hearing there was a story about a Philadelphia man that they just released a picture of him because they say he's responsible for a string of burglaries resulting in more than $10,000 being stolen and says three Philadelphia restaurants reportedly became victims of a crime spree that only lasted a few hours. And I'm sorry, I do have this question asked for those that own restaurants. Why are you keeping $8,000 in your restaurant safe? Because they said on August 4th, police say the suspect stole a reported $8,000 from Evo Brick Oven Pizza, which is located somewhere in Philadelphia. And it reportedly showed the suspect breaking into the restaurant's basement, robbing the restaurant, and leaving with two stolen safes. So that actually makes more sense because the safes probably had that much money in them. And just two hours later, they said 2,100 was stolen from the High Point Cafe by the same man. And all along those lines, and a third business was reportedly burglarized around 4 a.m. And police say a cash register was also stolen from a Mulaney Cash cafe in that area as well so apparently this man is just going around saying hey i'm just going to grab all these safes and hope that i can break into the safes when i get to my destination and all along those lines but i also sometimes wonder about the smartness of criminals as well because as i told you before many years ago here in durham with somebody robbed a bank and then they went to what was our bus terminal at that time it is now a history museum and all of that line because the bus terminal moved several blocks away and everything but they i just remembered that when they caught him they caught him because he forgot to remember the schedule of the bus so oh, he was sitting there man. waiting for the bus with his loot in hand because you know if you're going to rob somebody i think you would want to know the schedule to know your getaway plan but apparently he forgot to know the exact really? time the bus would be arriving waiting for the bus money in your hand and people looking at you like who's this guy Dumb. Dumb. Just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you can say is just dumb. And and, and you, just... Yeah, go ahead. And I got an, another one that the, the penalty for stupidity, but go ahead. Do your well, speaking thing. of the penalty for stupidity, I do sometimes wonder because we sometimes have talked on this show and other shows that I've been part of about climate change and just what climate change will do and everything. I'm wondering if sometimes the climate itself and Mother Nature 
isn't mad at us humans and everything because i'm going and one of the other stories that i saw that was of interest was it was a speaking of philadelphia a high school reunion party that took a shocking turn when police say a large tree just fell on sunday afternoon crushing Mm -hmm. everything below it so um, six people were reportedly injured when the tree fell on the five the 5300 block of Georges Hill Drive in the afternoon. And of course, police say the injured range in age from 66 to 67 years old because they were there for their reunion. I'm wondering, hey, maybe the tree was mad at them because of something they did during their reunion. And the tree was like, hey, I'm going to get revenge now. I remember what you did and I'm going to give you payback. <laughs> that, that'll be kind of rough right there. The tree is just waiting for revenge. Yeah, it'll be time to move. <laughs> So if, the tree's ready for, if the tree's waiting for revenge, you know it's time to leave, huh? Hell yeah, because you mean to tell me I got to look out for people and I can look out for this tree just in case it does something to me? Yeah, I don't think I want to be around too much. You know. You're like, I'm out of here. Speaking of out of here, what is your thoughts about Taiwan and China? Because apparently they got mad at Miss Nancy Pelosi because she went over there and said, hey, we don't like what you're doing and everything to our nice friends over in Taiwan and all along those lines. And then the Chinese people were like, well, first off, uh, last time we checked, that's still our land. And we still considered our land and all along those lines. So what are you doing in our business and all in that space? But what is your thoughts about this? Does she even have any business going over there or should she have just left well enough alone? I would say she had no business going there. Um, She should have just gone ahead and let those people live their lives and be done with it. But no, now you have these countries and some people, I guess, believe or feed into the hype. So they'll say, you know, the United States is one of the most powerful countries there is. So folks are jumping the truck (laughs) go shopping or you know oh man I lost my train of thought I was thinking talking about how those people might how she just needed to leave herself alone and not try to jump into business between China and Taiwan because you know what I was thinking to say something else you're right stay out of other people's business we got enough stuff that's going on right here man and folks need help they signed that infrastructure bill but then the president is like, yeah, we signed it, and it's got some stuff in it. I don't know. Oh, my God. You mean to tell me you signed it, man, and you don't know? My question is, though, when is it, when is any of it set to benefit the quote-unquote middle class if there is any? You know? What, what are you going to do to help the collective? Not certain interest groups. Not certain subsections of the population, but something that actually works out for everybody. You know, you could oh, tell we're me too busy, we're too busy worried about the Alex Jones case because apparently Alex Jones is a conspiracy theorist and he said something about the Sandy Hooks uh, kids and things around that nature. And so they decided to award a $49.3 million verdict. And now some people are wondering what this will mean for people that want to put their political views out there, whether it's things that we agree with or disagree with, because definitely he is considered one of the leading conspiracy theorists on a number of issues. And now they're saying, hey, maybe he'll be muzzled and he won't say as much as, if you know what I know about some of those people in that space, this might just tempt him to say even more outlandish things, because he'd be like, hey, I've already been sued once. Why not say something even crazier? They, They just don't know how to 
Mind, just mind your own business and we'll be fine. But you're trying to save the world. You can't save the world when you can't take care of your own people. And it's easy to say you can save the world. But when it's time and those people ask for assistance or ask for some kind of help, and you send them to somebody else and it's like, all right, well, they can help you, but we can't. What do you do in that situation? You know what I mean? It's, it's a hard space to be in. Um, and it's just, I don't know. Maybe they'll figure it out when they run out of money. Then they'll be approving all kinds of increases and money drops for people and everything else. Meanwhile, folks are still trying to figure out how to make things work. And apparently we do have a verdict because that just came down too on the Ahmad Arbery killing. So they said that they yes. Nick Michaels to life terms <laughs> and William Roddy Bryan gets 35 years for federal hate crime that he was involved in. So it does look like they have been given some sentences and all along those lines. So is this fairness yeah. in this sentence or should they've got stiffer sentences? Well, it's no stiffer than life. And remember, they were sentenced earlier this year to life in prison. So now they um on these were on the federal hate crime charges. Right. So Travis McMichael, who was the person who actually pulled the trigger, uh, will serve his federal sentence of life plus ten years. His father, who started chasing Amar Aubrey, got life in prison plus seven years. And then the neighbor who videoed it got 35 years for being <laughs> nosy. Now, they will serve the federal sentences concurrently with the state time, which means they got one, really. They got two life sentences, but they serving it at the same time. So it's not consecutive. It's not when one finishes, the other picks up. It's at the same time. However, I don't think they're going to live long enough. They, I don't even know if this one dude's going to live 35 years. You know what I mean? But you think somebody in the prison is going to take care of this whole matter? Not even that. Um, prison ages people so much so that any person that is 50 years old or older is considered elderly by many state and county jails or departments of corrections. So imagine, you know, you're 50 years old and they're calling you elderly. <laughs> you're like, nah, I'm actually, I'm okay. I can still run, jump, and do all that stuff. I'm not old, but in prison time, you're old. Yeah, hey. Speaking of old, I saw earlier on an article that I had mentioned, I think it was on our World Edition on Pod TV and everything, but Within that whole uh, new bill that's supposed to be improving the economy and everything, there was an agency, an agency that I'm sure that we're all familiar with, even though we don't like to be familiar with them, that is going to get a major boost in the amount of employees that they get. And I know you've already got a uh, job that is considered federal, but if you didn't have that job, you might want to put in your resume because apparently they're going to have 87,000 new IRS agents. So that was one of the things that was in 
that bill. And I'm going like, there's only 50 states. That's a whole lot of IRS agents floating around in our 50 states and the uh, territories that exist as well. So I'm going like, where exactly are we placing these agents? What exactly are these agents doing and everything? But I was going like, that's a whole lot of people to be hiring by an agency and all along those lines. So as one has worked in this space, do we need to have 87,000 new IRS agents um, as part of this whole bill and everything? I'm going to say, heck no. <laughs> you are robbing people effectively with what you got. So now you're going to add more IRS agents, I guess, for enforcement purposes. I'm not sure. Because if it was for like violations and stuff like that, I'm quite sure everybody has gotten it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's a lot of agents. And I'm going like, I don't know why we need that many agents. <laughs> Keep ripping us off. <laughs> and everybody's going to end up owing and owing and owing and then setting up payment plans and owe again. Vicious cycle, man. Just keeps happening well speaking of another vicious cycle apparently there is a um group of folks that got defunded because they did not want to ban a certain kind of a book and all along those lines so i just want to know oh. your thoughts around that as well because definitely they are saying that there is a whole notion the guardian reported this but a u.s library was defunded after it refused to censor lgbtq Authors. So it says we will not ban the books. Residents of Jamestown, Michigan voted this week to shut down the town's library rather than tolerate certain LGBTQ books and everything. So the small town library is at the risk of shutting down after residents of Jamestown, Michigan voted to defund it rather than to tolerate certain LGBTQ plus themed books. So residents oh. voted on Tuesday to block a renewal of funds tied to property taxes and the vote leaves the library with funds through the first quarter of next year. Once a reserve fund is used up, it would be forced to close. So what are your thoughts around this? The fact that they're like, look, we don't like those books. We don't want those books. And since we don't want those books, we're not taking your stinking money and we're just going to be willing to close because we don't want any library at all. Wow. This has gone too far. <laughs> I mean, it, honestly, man, it's always something like the books. It's in the movies now. Like, you know, you hear characters talking about, yeah, my two moms or my two dads. And I'm like, man, when we were young like that, we were not thinking about that kind of stuff. We just wanted to go outside and play. Now you got kids asking questions where, you know, it's way past or advanced for them to be asking at a certain age. However, when it's being introduced to them, the young minds want to know what it is. So now you got to have an adult conversation with a child, which is not good. Yeah, but on the flip side of that, I do sometimes think that some of these conversations are taking place much earlier than we expect. I know that I have fairly, well, no, fairly, I do have liberal uh, dad and mom, and definitely um, I would say my brother is probably liberal to uh, moderate to liberal and everything, and I know that those conversations have probably been had with my nephews because they were talking about Mother Nature and other things at a much earlier age than probably some parents might be comfortable with. So I do think that it is a parenting choice as well, because some parents might want to bring up 
the topics, whether it's around orientation or around sexuality early and other people might not even want to bring it up until the person is like 40 because there are some people that have some very strict rules about when they want to talk about it and all along those lines. So I do think that it's probably up to the individuals to as to when they want to make those choices and all along those lines because apparently this uh young lady deborah mccullough executive director of the michigan library association told the guardian our libraries are places to read places to gather places to socialize places to study places to learn i mean they're the heart of every community so how can you lose that we are champions of access she added including materials that might appeal to some in the community and not others we want to make sure that libraries protect the right to read and I can say that even here in Durham, the other popular reason that a lot of people go to the library is to get out of the heat. Because I do know that the libraries can sometimes for legitimate reasons like looking up jobs and looking up social media and maybe even uh, your own <clears throat> social media outlets, whether that's emails or websites that you want to visit, some that might be good websites and some that might not be good websites that sometimes our homeless populations also spend. I know here in North Carolina, and I imagine there in New Jersey, quite a bit of time in the library. And sometimes it is to get out of the uh, cold. Sometimes it is, like I said, for legitimate reasons, like looking for work. But sometimes, they, you know, they might be on, you know, uh, the uh, sites that are trying to hook them up with uh, women that want to date homeless men. <laughs> or to get some, what, some AC in the summer and some heat in the winter because just to have to... Mm. Yeah. I don't it's, know, man. I, I don't know. I don't know, but I do know that we lost a major star. It was somebody that I know some people had a crush on back in the day. We actually lost a couple of major stars. I know that since the last time we were on, Nichelle Nichols, who was Lieutenant, Lieutenant Uhuru, had passed away, and definitely Bill Russell, who is a major basketball player, died and everything. And then I just saw today that the star of Greece, Olivia Newton John, has also passed away. As well, so and you and know don't, she was don't yeah don't forget the uh, Roger Mosley, who yeah. played on Magnum PI and and I'm like man they they're leaving fast man they're leaving fast now he had been in an accident was paralyzed from like the I think the shoulders down and he died from complications from that um, Olivia Newton John battled breast cancer for over thirty years yeah. And she finally lost that battle, right? You know, but yeah. and some of these people that we that we lost were definitely um, pioneers, but also advocates. You mentioned definitely Olivia Newton-John was there in that breast cancer space, and definitely talked about that battle that she had been waging throughout her life and everything ever since being diagnosed. Lieutenant Uhuru was actually in encouraged by Martin Luther King, I believe, to actually stay on Star Trek because he she was providing a positive role model for people to, one, go into acting, but also to go into the scientific fields. And we know that for all of the racism that we hear about in the South, there are other parts of the U.S. that are not exactly um, beyond the scope of racism. And one of those places is Boston, Massachusetts, where Bill Russell played his basketball and also was not afraid to share his views about some of the things that he faced while playing the game there in Boston. So he was a pioneer in that space as well. Yeah, he was. Yes, he was. 
Yes, no, doubt, no doubt about it. And like I said, just as hearing those great pioneers that unfortunately are no longer with us. One of the things that I was hoping to go to that I did not make it to this year, even though I usually go, I think this might be the only the first or second time that I did not go, was the National Black Theater Festival. So there was some major events that were going on nationally in our community, the National Black Theater Festival. I understand it was a tremendous success. Like I said, I did not make it, but I did understand that Petri Bird was one of the co-chairs along with an actress that was there as well serving as co-chair trying to remember her name and all but definitely they were there and i understand it was a tremendous success and you can even go see it in the virtual variety because our art ari i think is the website and all and if you go type it in that is up until the end of august so you can still see some of the performances like myself that you might have missed and like i mentioned earlier NABJ and NAHJ, National Association of Black Journalists and National Association of Hispanic Journalists, were hanging out this past week in Las Vegas. So what stays wow. in Vegas or what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So <laughs> I'm not even going to ask my friends, because I do have several friends that went to the conference, what they did other than go to the conference, because I'm sure that there might have been some other activities. But what uh, happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And if I ask, they probably are not going to tell me the truth anyway. So why bother asking the question? So I think I will let that old adenium stay true and all along those lines because I'm thinking they're not going to tell me any things like if you go to your uh, frat organizations and you get into so whatever y'all get into some things you're just not going to tell folks so there's no need to ask the question right that's true and they'll be like well we have fun and the end you know <laughs> you're not, not going to tell you anything that happened during that time you're not going to get a blow by blow accounting you're just going to find out that we had a good time and we're back. We're back. We had a good time. And every once in a while, they may give you a teaser, maybe something about the food, maybe something about a show or something that they might give you as a teaser to tempt you to make the trip the next time around. Because I have had that happen sometimes where they won't give you the full blow by blow account, but they might give you a teaser just to let you know that you missed a good time and you might not want to do that again. So like I said, they might give you a little bit of a teaser a little amount to let you know that uh we understand things get in the way finances aren't always the way you want them to be but uh you got a whole year or in the case of the national black theater festival two years so we're just letting you know there were some things that happened that you should have been there that you should have been a part of but you weren't but you got two years to play it and everything so like i said i call that a teaser so they might give you a little bit of just enough of a teaser to let you know that you missed out on some stuff and you might not want to make that mistake twice <laughs> <laughs> we say you better come on join you want to find out what's going on because I'm, I'm sure that even in your life you have had those moments as well as your lovely wife where your friends have come back and told you about things and and basically giving you that teaser. Maybe it was a teaser about a cruise that they took and they were basically just saying, hey, uh, you missed it this time. Don't do it again. <laughs> right. Because we're not going to tell you what happened next time either. You won't. Oh, yeah. They're not going to tell you any time. time. You're going to figure it out the hard way. <laughs> one more thing before we break out of here. I was looking on the, um, reading this one article about the um, officers in the Breonna Taylor case. Yes. And they um, they actually got charged. Oh, wow. So, you know, let's see what it says here. And yeah. The family may get some accountability, but should never get a life back. Nor will the next person, you know, the 
killed by police, but they did get, and I want to say, because this one doesn't say it, but I want to say they did, they weren't charged with murder. I think they were violated, uh, another one with the violation of the civil rights or whatever. So they have to be real uh, careful about what you do when you put that uniform on. You know, you gotta be careful you what you not, put on that uniform. They might get you on either the front end or the back end, but they might find yeah. a way to get you one way or the other. So you definitely got to be careful with what you do with that uniform and all along those lines. Mm-hmm. Either mm-hmm. that or that, or sometimes you just don't tell. Because I, like I said before, um, had some sad news during this particular week in or this particular month, the month of July in addition to the positive news of our birthdays. But my uh, uncle, who had been fighting uh, various issues with heart and everything else, did finally pass away. So Uncle Randy, or Rock, as some of his friends called him, did pass away. I loved his little message that whenever you called him, you asked him how he was doing. And his slogan that it was even featured on the program was, doing the best I can with what I got. And I think that that's the way many of us live our lives, is we do the best yep. we can with what we got. And I can definitely agree with him on that. He also was a major entrepreneur here in this area because he and his family had a plumbing company that was quite successful. I believe he founded one of the first black bowling alleys here in this area. And he also had his own golf uh, line of clubs that he had handmade and all along those lines. And he actually taught people like Michael Jordan, James Worthy and others how to play the game of golf and did quite well in golf in age categories before his health issues and all of that uh, finally caught up with him. And then he finally passed away, but definitely will be remembered. And I want to say that one of my, uh, uh, well, my cousin's daughter is actually, or his granddaughter is actually looking at creating a book that may stay in the family or may go and become a national bestseller for all I know about some of his experiences and some of the things that he went through in his life and some of the notes that he took before he passed. So like I said, that is a long range project and who knows how long the project will take, but she is definitely taking the lead on that project. So definitely hoping that Sierra can put that work in and I volunteer to help in any way that I can as well, but definitely he will be missed, just like some of those other people we were talking about will be missed also. But yeah, that took place in the month of July as well. But I can tell you it was a packed church and even the minister said that he had done the plumbing work or had laid out some of the plumbing work for that particular church where the service was being held at. And it wasn't because uh, he didn't want a um, sad occasion. So he wanted people to come dressed as they were, dressed casually and not necessarily mm-hmm. in the old suits and ties and all of that kind of stuff. And he also didn't want it to be a lot of, uh, you know, sad crying. He just wanted a lot of remembrances and things along those lines. And I don't think he, I think he went the cremation. Well, I know he went the cremation route versus the burial route. So he definitely wanted people to remember him as he was. And actually that is one of the reasons that I chose not to even go to like the, um, viewing of the body part because definitely I could have done that but I just choose to remember him the way that I will remember him as he was and not that last image of him being laid out now others may not choose to do that but that was my personal choice and everything along those lines and rightfully so you know what I mean like everybody doesn't want that solemn ceremony some people wanted to be like you know what I partied when I was alive, so y'all might as well party with me one last time. I, you know, I got to get out of here, but that's it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yep, and I agree. That's it. Different people have different ways that they want to have their 
memories remembered and all along those lines, but definitely some amazing things are happening in the world. So we'll definitely be keeping track. And I think you said we've already set up some other shows. Like I mentioned, we've got some guests that we've reached out to, including those animal rights activists and all along those lines. But when is the next show scheduled for so that we can let the audience know when they can expect to hear our lovely voices again? And I said, I was going to ask you again. I told you what I did. I celebrated my birthday by going to the big birthday party. What did you do to celebrate yours? Um, You know what? I celebrated more of Dr. Diamond's birthday, which is the day after mine. She has reached the golden age. So, you know, the focus was on her, but we had a party kind of for both of us, you know, and, and have, you know, family and friends come to the party, had a good time. And next thing you know was Tuesday because my birthday was the 31st. Her birthday was August first. A week from yet, yeah, a week from today, going the other way. Yep. And so then it was like, all right, well, it's the second. Dang on it, I got to go back to work, you know. So, kind of relaxed and stayed out of the the heat. We've been ripping and running, doing a whole bunch of different things with the organizations that we respectively belong to, and you know, now it's kind of slowing down. So that's a good thing. But the next show will be on Tuesday, August 16th mm-hmm. at 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock. Looking forward to it. Should be some more great discussions. And we look forward to being back. And like I said, hopefully we'll have some guests. But if not, me and Dean will sit here and chit-chat about all the craziness that is going on in the world, including the fact that we didn't even get to that, but apparently the Flash is now in Rob in trouble because he just got charged with felony burglary in Vermont. Oh no! Yes, wow. as the Flash star Ezra Miller was charged with with uh, felony burglary, and apparently that happened earlier today. So the Flash, um, I guess he's going to have to use that speed for the trial because Ooh. apparently. He got charged <laughs> with that whole notion of burglary. And, and like I said, when I think of the Flash, I think of the super fast superhero and all along those lines. And I know it's just a right. thing, but he might have to find a super fast attorney that can get him out of this bind that he has gotten himself into. Because apparently, according to Variety, he has been charged with felony burglary in the little small state oh. of Vermont. And that is what took place. According to the police report, Vermont State Police were notified of a burglary complaint from a residence in Stanford. And apparently this took place some time ago and everything, but it is still making the news right now. But it apparently took place way back in May 1st with when the accident incident happened. But police found that several bottles of alcohol were taken from the residents while the home statements and looking at surveillance videos police found probable cause to charge miller with felony burglary into an occupied dwelling police located miller on august 7th at 11 23 p.m and issued them a citation to appear in vermont superior court on september 26th for arraignment so apparently this has been going on for a while and they finally caught up with him and all along those lines uh, apparently yesterday because august 7th would have been yesterday but yes it looks like he might have been going in that kind of situation and now it'll be interesting to see what happens in that case just like you know some one of the things i've been doing lately which is fun is watching old episodes of law and order and criminal intent and some of those shows and they have some interesting cases because i know one of the 
the cases I was watching actually involved a young man that actually, uh, you know, those reality buses where they get the women to expose themselves and everything. Those buses actually do exist and all along those lines. But it was somebody that was running one of those buses and they uh, got the person was murdered and everything. And then it turned out that they were doing the whole case as to who did, did the crime and whether it was that person or not that person. And then there was another case that involved somebody that got shot because of their Jewish background. And it turns out that it was because of the indoctrination that the child got from the parent. So both people actually in that particular case got charged because they charged the parent for teaching the child. And again, of course, the child is the one that fired the bullet and all along those lines. So yeah, there are some, even though they're ripped from the headlines, they can be some very fascinating storylines because you're going like, well, that I could see happening because definitely I've heard about those buses and I've definitely heard about people that go after people because of their ethnicity, their religion or whatever the purposes may be. But whether it's that show or whether it's NCIS, it does seem like they rip them straight from the headlines. Yes, they do. And we'll have some more headlines for y'all next week. Yep. Check y'all on Tuesday. Thanks oh. y'all for tuning in. Oh, it's Mark I can't Lee hear you and the, huh? It's Mark Lee and the Six Man, Dean Geronimo. Oh, I still don't hear you. See, well, we're, we're out of here. It's yeah, time to <laughs> It's Straight Talk with Dean and Mark, now on the Anchor platform. Be sure to catch the replays on the Skyhawk Radio Network. If you miss those, we have replays on Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Podfollow, Deezer, GeoSaven, and right here on Anchor. We are also part of the Level Podcast Network, where you can catch other exciting shows such as The Black Girl's Guide to Surviving Menopause, The Chef Gang Radio Show, Funk from the Front Seat, Funk Music with Zach, Learning Unwrapped, Let's K-12 Better, Marketing with Russ aka Hashtag Russ Selfie, Mona Shake and the Minority Report, Mullings, Music and Memories with Mark Lee, The Online Dinner Party with Mark Lee, The Plant a Good Seed Podcast, The Reinvention Road Trip, She's on Call, The Just Podcast, The Mark Lee Show, The Spin It Social Hour, Virginia Interfaith Live, On the Couch with Dr. Diamond, Candid Conversations with Dr. Diamond, and of course, Straight Talk with Dean and Mark. Like Dean Geronimo always says, when you walk outside your front door, it's showtime and the world is your stage. Just make sure that people are not watching the rehearsal. On behalf of the sixth man Dean Geronimo and Mark Lee, have an outstanding week and be sure to catch us on the next show.